Use intent and user experience to grow revenue and increase success with Dwayne Forrester from Yext. Brought to you by Majestic, I'm David Bain and this is SEO in 2022. Dwayne, what is your number one SEO tip for 2022? All right, David, listen, the number one thing I think that SEOs need to focus on truly is getting down to the nuts and bolts of user intent and user experience. These things are critical. We've been talking about them for years and everybody thinks, oh, I know what it means and I'm doing it. Look, keyword research doesn't give you user intent. It gives you volume on keyword activity. User intent comes because you actually connect the dots all the way through from what somebody is thinking about to the actions they take, such as researching and looking up something on the internet, which is where you're going to get your keyword volume. But then also the things that are related to it, the areas that they went off when they learned something new on the topic and they went slightly to the left or to the right to actually learn a little bit more. Those are opportunities for you to pop up again and prove your value to them. And then until they get all the way into the conversion funnel and then they complete the actual transaction that and i hesitate to say this because it's overused but that customer journey is so incredible we've seen it time and time again there's more and more studies coming out especially through this pandemic consumers are willing to pay more for a better user experience consumers trust brands that give them a better user experience consumers expect better user experiences. You can't fail at these things because these people are on the internet. They will simply click to someone else. Brand loyalty isn't what it used to be. So you have to understand this is an intrinsic part of the daily life of an SEO is understanding what that journey looks like. And you won't get a good view of that journey just looking at keyword data. Not going to happen. You also say that user intent and user experience are often spoken about, but underutilized. So so why is that? And what can we do to get SEOs interested and actionable in this? Okay. So one of the challenges we have here is that, you know, we have a history of siloing things, whether it's topics or teams within an organization, even, you know, the UX team may be different than the SEO team and they don't really work together. They show up at work in the same building and they work on their projects. And maybe once a month they get together in a meeting where they make sure they don't bump into each other too much and they try to accommodate each other. But these things should be intrinsically linked. It should be very clear that you don't build a website and populate it with content and decide what type of content you're going to populate without a clear understanding of the best usability that it can exist. Honestly, does the consumer want video to answer this question? Is it a list of items, a list of actual bullet points that they want? Is it long form paragraph? You have to understand those things because it informs the user's experience and the usability of a website. And that then opens up the entire world of the technical side of the work that you have to get done. So if we're going to look at the technical side, yep, Core Web Vitals, right up at the top of this, you better make sure you're getting those technical elements nailed down. It's not an option to say, we'll get it next quarter. We'll work on it later. It's a part of some other thing. These are mission critical today. Every company that steps forward that scores better than you ultimately is capable of taking market share from you. So if you're an SEO showing up today, anything to do with Core Web Vitals, at least The three major areas that I have noted right here on my whiteboard, those three main areas, you want to pay attention um, to those things. Audio only listeners, you've got to check out the video. Uh, 
you know what? It's true. Okay. But we're talking about things here and that's, uh, we're talking about very core things like page load speeds. We're talking about, um, you know, time to first contentful paint. We're talking about, uh, how long does it take a, a clickable element to load up? We're talking about those core, again, user experience scenarios. If you're standing there looking at your phone and there's a phone number and I'm tapping at it and 20, 30, 40 seconds goes by and I haven't been able to tap your phone number to call you. Yep. I'm already gone back. I'm already calling a competitor because I just want an answer to my question. And frankly, I don't care if it's you or the shop next to you. One of you will answer my question. One of you will get my business. My job is to solve my problem. My problem isn't how you rank. My problem isn't your usability. My problem is I need a new refrigerator or the ice maker's broken on my refrigerator or where do I order the socks that David wears because they're amazing. That's my problem in life, not the technical aspects of SEO. So honestly, if you're going to be coming into work, the things you have to talk about are, again, still usability, still user intent. Now, I know you've been talking about them for the last couple of years, but have you truly built programs that outline how you build a better website to improve usability or how you actually define what user intent is? Or is everyone walking around in their head with their own understanding of the phrase user intent feeling, oh, I know the definition of what it means and I apply that to my work when I do it, but you don't actually have a corporate overarching understanding of what it means and how it impacts the work you do. And if you don't have that second view that I'm talking about, that overarching view, then you're missing an opportunity here. And the opportunity is to bring more people together. When I sit down now and I have conversations with organizations and we talk about SEO, I make sure that the team that does review management is invited, the social media team, the content team, the SEO team, um, the branding team. I make sure they are all on the invite list whenever possible because they all have a role to play in that larger construct. Now, I'm going to dig way, way back in the archives for a little tip for you guys, because it's still valuable today. It always has been valuable. So we live in a world where uh, consumers have been taught to search, right? Go to a box, type in your words, and you get an answer. Mm -hmm. It's very clear, very straightforward. It's how Amazon works. It's how Google works. It's how Bing works. Facebook has this. Every major website has this paradigm. Um, The reality, though, is most websites also have the search box. So if you're an SEO and you're not combing through the logs of your search box on your website to see what the user's intent is, you're missing an opportunity. It's huge. Find out who owns that real estate. If nobody owns it in your company, claim it for yourself. Trust every website have a gold in there. Absolutely. Absolutely, David. And here's why. We're back to the expected experience. When a consumer shows up to research a problem they have, okay, again, uh, my my refrigerator needs repairs. The first thing they do is they ask Google a question, refrigerator repairman near me. Um, It could be anything, but we we are trained to do that. And not just you and I, I mean, you and I are like, we're, we're like an analog robot at this point, right? Like think about Gen Z, think about Gen Alpha coming after them. Okay. The concept that there could be anything other than an answer to a question from a search engine is lost on Gen Alpha. And those kids are old enough to know now. They might not quite have their first jobs and their first paychecks, but they know to expect an answer. I go ask Google, I get an answer to the question. How tall is the tallest mountain in the UK? There it is. There's the name of it and there's the height of it. 
Done. It's that simple. You and I vividly remember a day when that was like, oh, look, holy cow, like that is so cool. Imagine if. No, we are way past all of that. And if you're looking at your programs and you're thinking to yourself, oh, nobody uses a search box. Wrong. Everybody uses a search box because they've been trained by Google. If you put words in the box, you get an answer to your question. But if they put words into your search box and you get a bad search experience from it, uh, zero result. Um, I had this with a popular restaurant chain. I looked up a brand new menu item they had on their homepage. It was right there. It was the entire takeover with the name of it. And I took that name and I put it in their search box and it came back telling me it had zero results. And I did that live while I was on a meeting with their digital marketing team. And I just pointed at it and said, what are you thinking? And the answer was, we know it's run by a different team and we can't get them to engage. And I thought, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you put in your television advertising. This is why your shopping cart is failing. This is why people are not ordering from you because they see what they want on television. They come to you. They ask you for it because they don't want to navigate. They don't want to look around. They weren't trained to do that. They were trained to ask for and receive by Google, by Amazon, by every large website. You're traveling, Airbnb will do this for you. If you're looking for transport locally, Uber will do this for you. That's how we expect to get our answers now. It's how we've always expected it. David, if I had a question for you about, you know, hey, I love the Majestic shirt, any chance I could get one? I don't expect you to go through any kind of logistical conversation with me. I expect you to be able to say, you know, I know there's some swag down the hall in the office. Yeah, we can make that happen. And so the only answer I get to my question is, yes, Dwayne, what size t-shirt do you want? It's very straightforward on a human level. And so consumers expect that from businesses today. And if you don't deliver that, massive missed opportunity. So back to that tip, get into that search box, dig around and see what consumers are asking you directly. So while Google filters out a lot of words, puts them in that not provided category, won't give you the information in your Google Analytics or takes away the actual phrasing of it. So you're left with some keywords, but you're like, was that a question? Was that a statement? I'm not sure what connected those words. All of that is available to you in your search box for you to be able to look at and say, ah, that was the question someone asked me. So should an SEO optimize for multiple intents or should you be looking just to optimize for the optimum intent? So someone could be querying about um, whether or not um, they would like um, a blue Majestic shirt or a white Mm -hmm. one, or they perhaps Mm -hmm. just want to buy one. is there just one singular optimum intent that's best? Yeah. So um, first off, blue, obviously, is the correct answer to the question. Um, but it's a great, great question. Um, I love the perspective. And in typical SEO fashion, let's split that hair, okay? Right. Um, but I'm going to answer you with a question. In your lifetime in the world of SEO, has it ever occurred to you to produce less content I don't think so. Like the reality here is you need to match. I think I'm thinking of is at the moment, there are many people suggesting to go for higher authority articles with um, longer form content that, um, sor- that, that solves everything on the same article, perhaps with a table of contents on top. Um, so if you're doing that, then Listen, perhaps you're yeah, answering multiple things on the same page. So certainly an option. 
Okay, certainly an option. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, so let's take YouTube as an example here. Okay. If you go in and you ask for certain things in Google right now, they will give you an answer that is a YouTube video and they will tell you at two minutes and 36 seconds is the answer to your question. So it's very clear to Google and very clear from Google that they're looking for the answer, not the amalgamation of all information that might also include the answer. They're trying to take you directly to the answer you seek. So while I believe there is definitely a place for these larger kind of, I think of them as authoritative articles, meaning I am demonstrating my authority on a topic, my understanding of a topic by being inclusive and effusive on it. Um, that value starts to get eroded when someone has a quote, quick question. And the answer to that quick question is not easily consumed by them. Now, if you are, say, the featured snippet, Google will just take the paragraph out, stick it up there, highlight the answer to the question, and then the consumer gets what they want. But when you're not that, and you're a link that someone's going to click to, and the answer to their question is then under read, like I have to read a table of contents to find the section and navigate to it. Already too much work. Forget it. You failed. I'm moving on. Obviously, if it's something very technical, people would have more, more interest in pursuing that. But for the average consumer, for the average question in their daily lives, no, they are not interested in going to hunt around and look for anything. So, so in, in practice, is, does, does that mean then for the acquisition part, um, then you can perhaps afford to have longer form content, but for the consideration phase, when people are typing in longer form keyword phrases, they want that exact answer straight away. So in other words, for the consideration phase, fairly short form content, just answer a singular question on a singular page. So here's the way I would approach it. Um, I'd look at it and I like the way you're layering it here, David, because I would approach it as, look, I'm going to create this long form content because I believe there's value in it for the people who want to do all this research. Maybe they're not sold on the idea and this walk through everything to consider gets them there. But for somebody who's asking me a long tail question, four, five, six, seven keywords long, they clearly have an understanding of the one thing they want to know. So my goal at that point is to get them to the one thing they want to know, answer that question as clearly and cleanly as possible, and have my call to action immediately in front of them. Because you don't necessarily know where they are in the conversion funnel in their own mind. And if your answer to that question is the only thing stopping them from buying the new product, then you've answered the question, ask for the sale. There's no point in trying to get that person onto the much longer form page where you're more likely to lose them to information overload or distraction of some kind. So I see value in both of these things. I say it's like, okay, I've got a foundation here, which is my big long form article where I lay everything out. Now I'm going to put up my walls, which are all of these other smaller pages that are going to go around it. Eventually, I'm going to be able to put a roof on top of this thing and invite people in. That's how I'm building a successful web business today. And it obviously differs if it's e-commerce versus a service provider and whatnot. But honestly, consumers just want the answer to the question. Yeah, I and like that. You'll find you'll find those questions like buried in your search box. You'll find them like look for information. I can't like hack things, guys. Hack things. Like go sign up to be an Amazon seller. Go through it, jump through the hoops. It's not easy, 
But when you're in there, you have access to the data that they have around keyword analysis for what people are asking. And it's yet another area for you then to look at if you're an e-commerce person and say, ah, didn't realize that's how people were phrasing this. Or there's a growing trend to call it A versus B. And being able to see that happening and then align your content, just that slight amount, that's that's golden. That's huge. Yeah, absolutely. The, the analogy that I was thinking of is it's like a bad salesperson. It's like your website is a bad salesperson. So what a bad salesperson does is they talk someone in and out of a sale many times mm -hmm. and then the customer actually leaves. So they don't mm -hmm. see the buying signal. Uh, when someone's actually ready to buy, they need to offer the opportunity to make that purchase or take the next step. Mm -hmm. Instead, many web pages are simply directing someone somewhere else when they want to buy something. And, you know, and it's, it's not a formal direction, right? Like, I think it's worth clarifying that. Like, we're not talking about like, like we're telling people here are a bunch of other links you should go explore on this page and they're bypassing a call to action that could be a conversion. Uh, no, people are simply looking at it and saying, well, you're not making it easy for me. You're not making it obvious for me. I'm just going to abandon you. And and when they pick this up again, right, there's, um, there's a white paper that was released. Um, I, I, and now for, since the pandemic has started, everything has been a few months ago for me. So I don't know if this was actually a few months ago or maybe a year ago at this point. Um, Google released it. It's a white paper on Think with Google called uh, The Messy Middle. And uh, it's really important that people go find this white paper and read it because we are trained to think that the customer journey is a linear path and we always diagram it this way right customer conversion a couple of points along the way here we are the fact of the matter is this thing looks like a crazy ball of yarn that a kitten's been playing with for a week and the consumer comes in at one point and they pop out at a number of different places and they come back in again and eventually they come out and they convert and your job is to simply orbit around this scrum and literally provide value anytime the consumer pops up. That is your goal. And by doing so, when they come out, instead of forgetting who you were, because maybe you confused them, you, you talk them out of a sale at one point, you literally are the thing they remember as being most useful on this journey. And so then they immediately go deep with you and you own them. It's, it, it really is eye-opening. So if an SEO is hearing you and thinking, absolutely, Dwayne, I need to spend more time on intent and user experience, but they haven't got much time. What's one thing that they possibly have been doing on a regular basis over the last few years that's probably diminished in value that isn't as effective mm -hmm. as it used to be that they need to stop doing now to spend more time on user experience and intent? Okay. So first off, um, I'm going to pick on keyword research a little bit here. Um, just blindly doing keyword research. Uh, let me preface this first. Um, I believe in keyword research. I, I believe it's foundational. It still is. Uh, but if all you're doing is keyword research every week, trying to discover the next phrase to then wrap around some or wrap inside some content to produce another page, um, you're, you're doing it all wrong. Like there should be no metrics for success around how many pages you produced and, and how many keywords you targeted and, and whatnot. No, it's all about bottom line revenue and conversions. That's it. I don't care who you are. And if you're an SEO and you're not focused on that, make it your focus. Even if it's not formally your remit, make it your business to know that side of the business and understand how you're impacting it. Because that's going to go a long way to helping you understand consumer intent. Your keyword research, when you connect the dots from, hey, 
People are looking for this. We gave them the content. We made the path simple for them and they converted. And here was the feedback we got from them when we did our review with them, their their star rating. We asked them to give us a review. All of that gives you the understanding of it. And it gives you an opportunity to ask them for more information. You're coming into work every day and you're being impacted by reviews. You know that every SEO is, every business is reviewed on some level somewhere. doesn't matter whether it's product service, you're getting reviewed by your customers, whether you asked for it or not, and it's impacting you. So shift your thinking on that from, oh, that's Stacy's team down the hall. You know, that room where everybody goes in and they cry all day and then they leave and they just, they just look disheveled and heartbroken. no. Those are your people. Okay. That right there is the sentiment analysis that you need to understand that fills in those gaps when Google doesn't give you the full phrase and you've just got a couple of words and you're like, well, what does that mean? I don't have context. That review side of things is giving you the context. So get cozy with that information and pull things out of there. You're going to find competing products that people have mentioned because they were upset with you and said, I should have bought X. Then you'll know exactly what the intent is. The intent for you then becomes to make sure your product is better positioned than that competing product that was mentioned. Like there are so many areas to pull out of. And if you're, if your daily SEO is core web vitals, technical SEO, keyword research, all the basic tenants of historical SEO, you need to broaden that. You need to find 15 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, an hour a day where you're taking information from the review management team. You're working with the content team to figure things out. Hopefully by now, even during this whole recording, you've heard it. You've gone and found out who owns access to your search box on your website and you've gotten yourself access to it. And now you're starting to see a real time thread of what the actual commentary is that you're seeing there. And that then can start unlocking some of those mysteries that are in keyword research, which helps you prioritize then what you're going to be telling the content team to work on. And then maybe a campaign that social media is going to do to help bolster that SEO work that you did. And all of these pieces, they all become interlinked. So, so fix that first. Dwayne, not only are you a forward-thinking, highly, highly experienced, intelligent SEO, you're also a motivational SEO speaker, aren't you? <laughs> you know, dude, look, I've been there, right? I literally ran in-house SEO at MSN when it was me pulling my hair out trying to answer unanswerable questions. And let me tell you, um, I have a real soft spot for SEOs in the industry, especially in-house SEOs. Like, they get it done. And you know, I come from there. So I'm always trying to solve for that with everybody, with all of our clients that I work with every day, with people that I see, people that I reach through your broadcast, everybody. I'm just like, like, yeah, we can do this. We can, we can well, do it. You know, we really appreciate you being a part of it. Uh, you can find Dwayne Forrester over at yext.com. Dwayne, thanks so much for being a part of SEO in 2022. Thank you, David. Check out the rest of the content from SEO in 2022 over at seoin2022.com.